Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Travis McDonald. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company near Minneapolis in Minnesota. And today we're talking all about growing in extreme weather conditions. Travis, you know, these crazy weather shifts that we're seeing uh, over the last uh, several years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, the temperature swings and the climate changes that are taking place have shown a lot of stress on many different trees that have been around for you know, a hundred plus years are now really starting to see signs of decline. Um, and, you know, really uh, their environment hasn't changed in regard to their location. Um, it's just lack of water and uh, high heat temps throughout the, you know, the summer. Um, you know, a lot of boulevard trees were seeing, you know, severe decline because of the heat, you know, has drastically increased along the road temperatures and so forth. But and then lack of water. I mean, we're, it's so sparse in between um, rainfalls. Uh, we had a very dry summer last year. Well, nobody that grows plants wants to hear about a really dry summer. That's tough. Uh, and when it comes to irrigating trees, that's no easy task. It definitely isn't. Um, but um, there are some pretty fairly easy ways to monitor your trees and make sure that they're getting ample water. Um, you know, whether you buy a probe um, that can do a deep root watering, um, that is extremely beneficial. Uh, we've had people that have been neighbors side by side with the same type of species of trees and one wanted to follow a watering recommendation that we provided to them. And throughout the growing season, it was a night and day difference of the health of the overall tree canopy from the person that watered weekly to the person that didn't water at all other than running irrigation for their turf but not doing a deep root watering and that tree showed severe signs of stress early leaf drop and the twig elongation for their growth was very minimal throughout that growing season so you know the usda uh released a new hardiness zone map did yours zone change it did change. Um, we actually changed down to a zone five um, and a zone four, um, a little bit further south of us, um, where it actually gives us more options to plant different type of species of trees. Um, but we don't know if that's going to swing back around. So people have to be really diligent on what type of plants they're going to plant in their yard for longevity. And whether the a polar vortex rolls back in and we see severe you know cold temperatures just in one season that can wipe out a lot of those trees um prime example um a few years ago we had um you know we've been dealing with emerald ash borer and uh so the city of minneapolis um, has been planting you know different species of trees to try to not create a monoculture um and with that uh, they planted a lot of sycamore and london plane trees um and they were starting to get to be pretty good size, but then we had a polar vortex that came in and actually killed them all off. 
Um, so we have to really be careful on how we choose our plantings until we really start figuring out what climate are we actually going to be in. So let's talk a little bit more about the summer. Dry, hot? You know, we had a lot of, you know, 100 plus degree days and dry was an understatement. Um, you know, we got a little bit of rainfall, but the rainfall would be hard and heavy and fast. And that's exactly what you don't want. Um, and it would be so intermittent and sparse to where we'd go four to five weeks without any rainfall. Yeah. With that, those trees really showed signs of decline and stress. Um, you know, but the people that were water watering properly, their, their plants look great. So let's talk a little bit about watering properly. First off, what time of the day should we be watering our trees? Early morning or late in the evening. Um, that is the best practice, Whether whatever fits your schedule. If you could do it early in the morning and do a deep root watering, it's going to be great. That plant's going to have enough time to absorb that moisture to where it's prepared throughout the heat of the day. Or that evening after a long hot day that you know applies water back into the tree and you mentioned the probe is that something that a consumer could get and put it on their hose and and use oh, it yeah. i mean yeah they're they're all over the place um you know and you know go online to you know we'll say amazon for instance uh you can find deeper watering probes for a very reasonable price um and you know, whether you want to go out there and enjoy the evening and do a deep root watering and move that around, but you're going to do a deep root watering that might take up to 30 to 40 minutes on a particular large tree. You know, a quick 10 minute spray with a hose is not going to cut it. Now, if you don't want to invest in a probe, the best solution that I tell everybody is take a garden hose, drag it up to the trunk of the tree, turn it on to a slight trickle about the, maybe the size of a pencil and let that run for at least an hour. And you can maybe move it to one of the other sides, but eventually that's just going to do a deep root watering and keep it fairly close to the root system of that tree and that drip line. And it's no big deal. When I water that way, I'll put the hose down. I'll go do something else in the garden, uh, you know, do this, do that, and then come back, move it again. Uh, small trees, need more water than the big trees or everybody needs water <laughs> that is a misconception right everybody thinks oh you know new trees you know need a lot of water to really get established but those old trees need even more water i mean think of their canopy size and the elements that they've been undergoing for many many years you know try to keep them as healthy as you can you know have less disease and insect problems you know with just proper watering you know, that would go a long way. So with, you know, the hot summers that we've been getting, uh, let's talk a little bit about mulch. And yeah. that, that is a big topic on this podcast. We talk about it almost every other week. And so it's an important part of growing trees, especially in these extreme conditions where that's going to hold some moisture in for you and, and make that tree a little happier, right? When it comes to holding moisture, to organic breakdown matter, um, to actually keeping the root system actually a little bit cooler. Um, you know, if you have turf right up to the trunk of your tree, what you're going to find is that 
you know, that root system is actually heating up um, to the point where it's drying out the soil a lot faster. Now, think of trees uh, in a native setting where they have organic leaf matter and they have lots of other volunteer trees growing up around them. Their root system has more of a, a shade canopy to help maintain that moisture in the soil. But in urban environments, we might just have standalone one or two trees and that sun is just beating down to the point where that tree doesn't really have any more protection other than its own canopy. So that soil dries out a lot faster. And mulching, you know, as an arborist, um, we can't recommend it enough. Now you can mulch too much. Um, you know, if you're mulching just for aesthetic purposes and you're rejuvenating your beds, you know, you need to make sure that you're not piling on too much mulch to where you are smothering the root system or you know putting it up around the trunk of the tree where it's actually confusing the roots to where you can start having stem girdling root issues around the bases of trees um, a lot of people call it volcano mulching um, but there's a real science to mulching appropriately for trees and you know the hardest thing to drive home to people in urban settings is um, they like the grass, they like the aesthetic look, but they also really want to take care of their plants and trying to coach them on letting them know, like, if we just added a mulch ring around this tree, it would decrease the stress of this plant and help maintain moisture through the really peak hot day. Well, Travis, let me tell you this. The son of the host of the Talking Trees podcast sent an email to me. <laughs> And say, oh. hey, what do you think of that rubber mulch? <laughs> and oh I, my! <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just about my 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 head just about exploded when I got that message because what they're thinking, what he's thinking, as a new new homeowner, oh yep. well, I only have to put this down once. But just tell us all the negatives of putting that rubber mulch down because there are many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to heat up, right? Um, it's actually you know, think of rubber sitting outside in the sun, how much that, you know, absorbs heat. Um, furthermore, it has no beneficiary um, nutrients that it's providing to the plants. It's strictly just aesthetics at that point. Um, you know, it's no different than putting landscape rock around through all your beds because you want to not have to worry about, you know, either weeding or, you know, touching those beds back up every year to keep things looking aesthetically pleasing. But uh, putting rocks around trees and landscape plants, you're actually just heating them up even more and drying the soil out. Think of uh, putting your hand into a native area, like along the side of a road where, you know, there's a bunch of tree canopy. Feel that soil and then go touch a concrete or you know an asphalt surface and tell me what the difference is and you're going to see a huge difference so putting rocks around your landscape beds i don't recommend it as an arborist well i had a friend do that too and i didn't and i didn't see it till it was done so i wasn't going to say a word <laughs> I, was, I was over there at the end of the season and he showed me these trees that are struggling it's full sun and again, he's thinking, okay, I'm never going to have to weed again. I'm putting down a landscape barrier, then I'm putting these, and they're big rocks, you know, like three inches, big. Oh, sure. you know? 
and I'm just thinking to myself, the next person that owns this house, what a pain it's going to be to get those rocks out of there. <laughs> if I told if I told him, he would be like, you I mean I spent the entire summer building these these rock beds, and the trees and shrubs are are miserable. They're just oh, miserable. Yeah. you know the other thing, I know there's going to get weed seeds down in there uh, above those rocks and and then you're gonna you know <laughs> absolutely it's inevitable right i mean something always requires maintenance when you're trying to have an urban environment being controlled everything's going to require maintenance it's just like well the maintenance that i do what's going to be the best benefit for the plants that i want to keep around and a lot of that just comes down to basic maintenance practices watering you know, if you're not having large mulch rings around the trees all the way to the drip line of the canopy, substituting nutrient deficiencies by doing deep root fertilizations, you know, putting some organic matter back into the soil. You know, we deal a lot with soil compaction because we're running large mowers over turf consistently and just packing things down. And we're never building an organic layer. So therefore, you need to do a lot of, you know, soil care, um, whether that is adding biochar to the existing soil to allow for air and nutrient holding. Um, there's many different things that you can do to really keep these plants healthy in urban environments. It's just, what are you willing to do? Do you really love your trees that much or do you just saying that, but you've got to provide care to them? And it all starts with just basic maintenance. So I've heard from arborists over the last couple of years talking about biochar. How do you guys use it? You know, when we are doing, you know, a new planting, um, let's just say, you know, and somebody wants a new tree in their front yard. Well, 90% of the time when we go out and dig in anybody's front yard, there's compacted soils. It's a clay base, um, very little organic matter on top. You know, they got a three or a four inch maybe layer of topsoil and so what we end up doing is we always dig the root ball um, the whole of the um, the plant one and a half times the size of the root ball and when we do that we make sure we do not glaze any of the um, surrounding areas of the hole that we dug we try to loosen it up a little bit and then we do a proprietary mix of uh, compost biochar and topsoil along with um, a little bit of fertilizer um, amendments and with that that really is what's going to take off and establish the root systems of that newly developing plant um, but biochar it doesn't break down so you know you can't compact it so therefore when you're putting it into the soil that's going to help keep airspace to allow for those roots to breathe and obtain and hold more moisture because it has an area to actually sit. Um, so we use biochar for those, but we use biochar for large tree canopy renovations where we go in and do an entire canopy restoration around the root system of this plant and mix in compost and biochar to actually give it some organic matter, but also allow for um, you know, loosening of compaction. Um, there's other ways you can use biochar as well. Um, you can do a powdered biochar that will help with, you know, when you're doing a deep root fertilization. Um, 
you know, and that provides a lot of value as well if you're not looking to invest heavily into doing an entire soil care project at your home. So we've talked about the extremes in summer. Tell me a little bit about your winter. When I think uh, Minnesota, I think a tough winter every year. Have you seen changes in winter as we have here in the east? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I'm originally from New Hampshire, and I thought, you know, we always had pretty extreme temperatures and, you know, hard winters. Um, I moved out here to Minnesota, and uh, man, why don't you just double that? You know, it's uh, it's like moving to the tundra. Um, it's It's got its uh, benefits for sure. But uh, the weather, um, you know, we've had a lot of really cold winters the last couple winters, and this year... I mean, it's going to be uh, in the 60s tomorrow, um, you know, and we're looking at, you know, the second, you know, first week of December. Um, and with that, we would already have snow on the ground by now. So things are dry even now, um, and the temperatures are fairly mild. Um, so I don't really know what type of winter we're still going to endure. Um, that's helpful for the plants, for sure. Um, those really cold vortex winters. Um, you know, really take a toll on the plant's health, especially if they go into the fall with drought stress on top of them. The best thing you can do is water all your plants right up until the ground freezes. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to uh, ask you about. Even though we talked uh, extensively about watering, you know, during the heat of summer, mm -hmm. very important to get those trees ready for whatever's coming in winter, which we don't know uh, here in the east, we had mid-December 40s, 50s, and then dropped to wind chills minus 22, which was tough on the plants. And yeah. those trees that are, have been watered and are ready for it are going to do better than those that are under drought stress, right? 100%. Um, you know, especially with evergreens, um, you'll get a lot of winter desiccation if they're not actually hydrated well before they actually go into dormancy. Um you know, everybody thinks like the minute that leaves start dropping on trees, then we're done caring for them um, in the fall. Those trees root system is when it's actively growing right up until the ground freezes to prepare itself for next spring and water them. Just because they don't have leaves on them, they still need water. There's still activity taking place. And evergreens, especially, um, you know, water those right up until the ground freezes um you know act uh, you know two nights ago i was watering my evergreens um you know and this is december um you know you usually shut off all your spigots and pulling all your hoses well i'm pulling my hoses back out because things aren't frozen yet and we're really not getting any type of moisture in the soil so i've been watering my evergreens well, Travis, I'm going to leave it right there. I really appreciate all this great information. Uh, you know, as we've seen the changes in weather and these extremes coming, we want to keep our trees going strong because we love our trees. So That's right. We do. Thanks again for your time, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Absolutely, Doug. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast. From the Davy Tree Expert Company, I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a big favor. Subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a show. And if you've got an idea for an episode or maybe a comment, send us an email at podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D 
C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. 